And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Pigeons, they're everywhere I go But when I see a pack of pigeons What I think of the most is where the baby's at Cause when I'm looking around All I'm seeing are big pigeons eating shit off the ground Now I'm asking you sincerely to consider this Have you ever seen a baby pigeon? Consider it Have you ever seen a baby pigeon? Cause I haven't and I'm pissed Now I spend my days thinking about what they do with their kids <laughs> Good morning, sweet world, and welcome to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network. It's Thursday, June 10th. I'm J.E. Skeets rolling with the homie, Tass Mellis. What's up, everybody? What's up, Tass? Got my top shot hot boy, fellow freak, Trey Kirby. Ayo! Hey! Yo! The international man of mystery, taking it to the max, Lee Ellis. Friends. Mm. <laughs> and last but not least, making the magic happen, it's J.D. Hello! There he is. Here we are. Shout out to the stream team for joining us live right now on YouTube. Smash that like button. Leave your comments and subscribe. We were, at my last check, six. Yes, six subs away from 40,000 subscribers to the No Dunks YouTube channel. Who will be our six heroes today? <laughs> it's all it Raise your hand if you're number six, a.k.a. number 40,000. That'll be huge. That'd be great. Be, huge. be great to hit 40K, especially for tonight's No Dunks Happy Hour Watch Party. Jim Beam coming through with the sponsorship here for tonight's show. Going to be a blast. We already got Lee locked in making a Jim Beam drink. And we will have some larves and watch the game. We're going to fire it up around halftime of the first game, which is game three between the Nets and the Bucks. Hopefully it's a, well, maybe hopefully it's a 30-point blowout again at half so we can uh, really just kick back and watch Lee make a drink. But come join us here live on YouTube again around halftime of the Nets-Bucks game three. And we'll, you know, kick it for a couple hours together and talk to you guys there in the stream team. Keep sending in your questions and comments for Beach Steppin. Email them in, nodunks at theathletic.com. Send them in by way of Twitter if you want, at No Dunks Inc. We hit the beach yesterday to discuss our dream NBA Finals matchups. Players who have done an incredible job increasing their value here as they hit the offseason. Uh, and, you know, off of that awesome cold open there from JD, we had the baby animal power rankings. Uh, Tass took, it through, took us through his, at least, when it came to baby squirrels, baby pigeons, baby wrens, and then a wild card tadpoles. Um, so you'll have to go listen to the Beach Step podcast. Don't forget to find the frogs. Out frogs were in there, yeah. Yeah, frogs. yeah. Well, tadpoles. Yeah. Oh, I guess that's true. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, I think we're missing one. That was only four. Wasn't there a there was fifth? Only, no, there was only four. Oh. Yeah. Wow. yeah. Anyway, go check that out. That's a Beach Step podcast. We, we had a lot of like random nature talk. There was a good twenty minutes where we were talking about every animal we know, uh, as well as some uh, fun NBA questions that you guys sent in answering them. Yeah. All the baby pigeon talk got me interested in seeing what a baby pigeon looks like. And let me just say, a worthwhile Google for anyone out there. Throw in baby pigeon. Literally looks like Gonzo from the Muppet Babies. A baby pigeon with a big old floppy nose oh, hanging wow. off. 
Yeah, I was uh, pleasantly surprised to see huh. that they A, exist, and B, are hilarious. Okay. Yeah, I'm well. going to be Googling that right after this show. They've, uh, got, finally... they've got adult noses, you're saying. They grow into their nose. <laughs> yeah, cool. exactly right. Finally, go grab your No Dunks merch over at nodunks.com if you haven't already. Get your No Dunks t-shirts and hoodies and shorts, and we got coffee mugs, and uh, we got more things coming down the pipeline there. So nodunks.com for all of your gear. Okay, we got the up-down report on today's show. Um, another award was handed out. Was that the last one? I can't keep track anymore. Still got rookie, right? Oh, rookie, yes. <laughs> so we're still waiting on that. Anyway, we got the defensive player of the year going to Gobert. We'll talk about that. Bunch of other sort of fun, random things. Uh, one involving LeBron James changing numbers. That got everybody excited. But we'll start with the game here. I know Suns fans are fired up. Chris Paul has another big night task. As the Suns destroy the Nuggets uh, in Game 2, take the 2-0 series lead, 123-98. to uh, What's the big takeaway from Tass Mellos here on a Thursday morning? Well, let's go pregame. Michael Porter Jr. not looking all that healthy. He's warming up with what looks like a back brace. He's applying heat to his lower back. Kind of looks like a weightlifter out there pregame or a pregnant lady uh, applying heat to the back. And it sure looked like the Nuggets were going to try and get him going because they know they need him in this series. So they kept on giving him the ball early and he clanked away. Mm-hmm. He hit or he missed his first seven shots in this game. But it looked like a little blessing was coming to the Denver Nuggets when DeAndre Ayton picked up his second foul only five minutes in. The Nikola Jokic stopper, the guy they need on the floor to stop Jokic. And what I think is the coaching move of the playoffs, Monty Williams kept him in there. He had the guts to keep him in there. So if you voted for Tom Thibodeau for coach, give it to Monty Williams right now. I think this was really, really important. He stays on the floor. Dario Sarge doesn't have to come in where they have to double Jokic. So Aiton stays in there with two fouls. And he ended the game with two fouls. Mm -hmm. Really, really, really important minutes. And uh, yeah, I don't know if the Nuggets were deflated because Porter Jr. didn't look all that great, but they were a little slow getting back in that first half. The Suns were kind of getting back in behind them a lot. And that continued throughout the game. And uh, it just continued into the third quarter uh, when, yeah, Chris Paul and the Suns took over. And I'm not sure if Chris Paul pranked us in the first round, but he looks ridiculously good. Uh, 17 points, 15 assists, and zero turnovers. He doesn't look like that shoulder uh, is bothering him at all. Devin Booker still hasn't gone off yet in this series, hasn't scored more than 21. And yeah, the Nuggets just didn't look like they were up to speed uh, with the Suns. Didn't look like they really had the uh, the energy to keep up with them running up and down the floor, whether it's the home court advantage, I don't know. There are a couple little positives. Michael Porter Jr. started 0 for 7, did finish 3 of 6, so maybe maybe they know they got to apply more heat pregame or get him warmer. <laughs> Crank get, it up. <laughs> yeah, get him, just get him in a sauna, have a sauna courtside or something. But uh, he, he needs to... He needs, I don't know, to do what he did in the second half in the first half. And Will Barton came back. Maybe he goes into the starting lineup. He had 10 points in 15 minutes. He looked really, really good. Hadn't played in two months. Uh, but, yeah, the Suns didn't get a bad performance from anybody again. And that's the mm-hmm. really, really impressive part. And, and the Nuggets just looked like uh, they didn't they didn't have the energy. They weren't going through. They kind of ignored Jokic at times in the first half, which is bonkers. You want to go to play, uh, go to Aaron Gordon? Sure, you can do that, but when Aaron Gordon has the ball, one guy's a weapon instead of five guys being a weapon when Jokic has the ball. So I think that Jokic was ignored, and that was a bit of a mistake. And uh, I, I don't know, the Suns just felt like they were a little bit more energetic, right, throughout the entire game. 
Yeah, through this entire series so far. Maybe a big part of that is the crowd, which was hyped again. Uh, Trey, did the Nuggets quit, though? That's what Mike Malone says. Or is this him just playing his, the, his final card that he can play? Like, you know, he criticized the team after game one. He's really laid into them after game two here. I mean, he did say that we quit tonight, something you never want to see. And he went off, I thought. He's done this before. This is sort of his M.O. Uh, but He's a what, bit of a Phil Jackson motivator. Yeah, for sure. Right? Like, he likes to do it through the media. We heard it uh, during the first series. We heard it a few times during the season, basically coming out and saying, we weren't physical enough. And, yeah, I kind of agree that the Nuggets quit a little bit. You could just see Jokic getting so frustrated last night. There were multiple times in the second half when it felt like the Suns were just completely overwhelming the Nuggets. Jokic would get a touch inside. He would do some cool moves. Maybe that's a foul during the regular season. He's not getting the call. And then you just see him complaining to the referee all the way back up down the, up and down the court. That's when you can tell he has uh, kind of lost his mm-hmm. interest in the game. We've seen it happen with Jokic before. I don't know, though. The, the Suns are really just looking like they're outclassing the Nuggets here. They're overwhelming them with talent and depth in the second halves of these games so far. It's been kind of the same script, I feel like, through games one and two, where Mm -hmm. the Nuggets are able to play it close. They go to halftime. Monty Williams says whatever he says in the huddles. Chris Paul says whatever he says. The Suns make a couple of tiny adjustments, come out, hit the Nuggets right in the face. And the Nuggets just aren't able to respond because the starters' disparity has been incredible in this series. No different last night. Jokic went for 24 The other four Denver starters had 26 points combined. Meanwhile, every Suns starter finished in double digits. According to Jovan Buha over at The Athletic, the Phoenix starters were a plus 17 in 20 minutes. I mean, Porter Jr. has struggled in this series. Perhaps it's his back, but if he's not making shots, the Nuggets just don't have enough offense in in their starting lineup to really hang with the Suns, who have been completely locked in on defense. Yeah, this is five consecutive uh, playoff wins here for Phoenix, Lili. They are rolling right now. Trey said it. I mean, everybody's contributing. In fact, if you took everybody that's played in these two games, and I'm serious here, and you lined them up and you said, okay, rank them in terms of, like, who's playing the best through the first two games, it's going to be Jokic probably somewhere in the first two, whatever, if you're putting Chris and then Jokic or Jokic and Chris even in the, in the loss, whatever. And then what? Is it seven, maybe eight Phoenix Suns players? I'm not kidding. I'm really not. They're all playing so well um, that I, it's, you're, you're getting down to like eight or ninth until you get to another nugget is my point here. And, and part of that, of course, maybe is the injury to Michael Porter Jr. But the backcourt, like this is the backcourt that I thought was going to be the problem against the Blazers, mm. <laughs> which is why I took the Blazers to win that because you cannot have uh, Compazzo, Austin Rivers, and then Morris, who's like, been brutal in this series, combining for 12 points on 4-19 and shooting. I thought that would bite them in the ass against in the first series against Blazers, but Blazers play no defense. It turns out the Suns have a, a, an unbelievable defense. Anyway, it's, it was a crazy dominant victory again. They're definitely missing Monte Morris at the output that he gave them against Portland, but I just wonder if maybe Mike Malone, Michael Malone does shift him into the starting lineup just to mix things up for Game 3. But this yeah. one actually was only 8 points at halftime, but it really Ten. could have... Oh, 10. 10, was it? Okay. It could have been uh, a lot more because the Suns actually had a period in that second quarter, about four minutes, where they couldn't score. But Denver's offense was so bad, they couldn't really take advantage of that. And I felt they were just chucking a little bit there, uh, the Nuggets. And again, Michael Porter, they were trying to get him going, but he wasn't healthy and he wasn't hitting those shots. And he's still, you know, he's a young player. He's still sort of just as like, I'm shooting when I get the ball. He has that mentality. That's one of the faults that he has to work on. He has improved throughout the season, but I thought it was there last night. And then in that third quarter and then the fourth quarter as well, 
Monty kept his starters in for a lot. And uh, Chris Paul just saw Michael Porter and was just like, come here, you're defending me and I'm going <laughs> to score a couple of times. And that was just torture. That was absolute torture. And then there was another time where I think it was Morris on him and they went for the switch and Jokic just stayed in the paint. Chris Paul just walked into one of his mid-rangers, which you know he's going to knock those down. So, you know, he, he was just a master again last night, really just crushing the nuggets because it was a 25-point game. It was a blowout. But again, they were they were sort of close enough to start that second half that if things turned around, they could have gotten into it. But they just didn't really seem to have the fight last night. Uh, Michael Malone saying quit. I thought it was a little harsh, to be honest. And, and you know, we've seen that, like the Bucks quit the other night. They were just awful. But uh, I didn't think the Nuggets quit. I thought they just, it was one of those shot nights where the shots weren't falling. They competed long enough before you can really say quit. So I thought that was a little bit harsh. But uh, the I don't cra- know. Jokic was on overdrive. Yeah. That was that was uh, like the thing that people criticized Jokic about losing track of the game and just getting super involved with the refs. Because like you're saying, Tass, great job by Aiton. Picked up two fouls early, none the rest of the way. Surely Jokic is thinking he's going to get some of these foul calls inside, but that hasn't been the case. Maybe it will be in Game Three uh, when they present him the MVP award. Even Chris Paul was a little bit worried about that in the post. <laughs> game he's like we know game three is gonna be crazy they'll probably give joker his mvp so the crowd will be going nuts maybe he gets some more foul calls but he wasn't getting any sort of love uh from the officials last night i thought Aiton did an incredible job and you could just tell that Jokic was frustrated if he's uh if he's feeling emotional in a game, that can take him out of things. And if he's out of things, there's just there's no chance for the Nuggets. Yeah, yeah, and I think he should have been a little more. I think part of his frustration was with his teammates. Like he just should have got the ball even more. Sometimes mm-hmm. they're just taking shots that uh, you know were slightly contested. Uh, really, I just think you know with the way everyone else is playing, give him the ball at the top and see what he does with it. Almost every possession. Uh, it's not, it's it's not crazy. You know, Campazzo can bring the ball up, but then let Jokic make everybody else a weapon. And I think he was frustrated with everybody stinking a little bit and not giving him the ball. And obviously with the the officials as well. And and maybe he could have, you know, uh, you know, tried to take uh, DeAndre Ayton into the torture chamber a little bit. Uh, You know, he may get a call or two and maybe things change in Denver. Uh, But yeah, they were all frustrated. And uh, yeah, for some reason, they didn't really have the belief to get back on defense either. Like, uh, you know, when you got guys sneaking behind the back line and getting layups, uh, you know, whether or not that's the energy of the crowd or whatever, but you're not going to win. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, so this whole this whole Nuggets roster has got to be a little bit better. Yeah, like we're saying about the Suns roster. If you talk about the freaking leadership. Like Chris Paul, yeah, he. I think that's a little source of motivation for game three. He said post-game, you know, they're going to give Jokic the MVP trophy before the game, which I guess they are. Is that true? Uh, yeah, probably. I guess yeah, they, a little yeah. quick ceremony. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, but not a full presentation. Full presentation happens no, in the ballroom on video. To, you come out to half court and you give it to him and everybody applauds and that's it. Yeah, that's it. And yeah, maybe the like, fit, maybe his team comes out and surrounds him. But I don't know. You're down 2-0. It's not as fun for sure. Not, getting that, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's kind of like getting the uh, you know the uh, the neighbor community award you know kind of thing. Like it's just a quickie. Get a photo <laughs> sure. op and move on. Yeah, but I think Chris Paul. Yeah. Chris Paul is just. He's he's just I think he's just trying to motivate his guys like he did the same for game two. He said post game. He said we lost game two against the Lakers at home in the last round. We didn't want to go one one. So he's just finding a source of energy, a source of motivation for for him and his crew. And I think I think he's he's just so good at keeping everybody in line like DeAndre Ayton. He could have fouled the third time. He could have gone to the bench. But I think I'm just I'm giving a lot of credit to Chris Ball and everything he does, keeping everybody in line, even the guy behind him campaign. Like campaign had a dumb foul. Campos just ran into him. 
Campaign, cool, calm, collected, stays in the game. This is campaign. He was almost out of the league. And he turns the ball over just once throughout the game and plays a perfect game. I mean, everybody on that roster is just rolling. So, yeah, Monty Williams, Chris Paul, they all deserve the credit. But uh, maybe things change in Denver. I don't know. Well, we'll see. I mean, like, it comes down to game three. I think we all agree with that. <laughs> it's, it's not like they're going to come back from down 3-0. They have to win game three. They have to have a better effort. I think Mike Malone is just trying to light a fire under their ass, calling them quitters and saying like, hey, is anybody going to play hard? Stop moping around. Yeah, he's calling out Jokic a little bit too. It, it, like Trey said, these are his, uh, his, he's done this before and he'll see if it'll work in Denver. I will say, Reggie says a lot of dumb things on the broadcast at times, but he was spot on when he said the second half started, Lily, and you said it was 10-point game there and He's like, these five minutes are super important for Denver here. Like, they have to sort of win this, take control, prove that they can hang with the, fu- the Suns. And the opposite happened, right? Because mm. in the first 90 seconds of the second half, Crowder hit a three. Then you had Bridges getting a piece of Jokic's shot. Great defense. Aiton gets fouled in transition, hits both of those free throws. So that's five right there. Okay, Rivers then gets to the line. He splits a pair. He misses one. And then Crowder splashes another three from the other side of the floor. Boom, it's 60-43. to 43. The place is going insane. You got to call a timeout, stop the bleeding. And then it felt like that was, that was game right there. I mean, they never really got all that close after that. Uh, and so Reggie was right. I mean, he said five minutes, but it was like... It was 90 seconds. It was, yeah. it was a minute and a half, and then it was over. And I mean, and it was a little similar to what we saw in Game One, where it was like, "Ooh, Suns did not play incredibly well offensively in the first half, but then they turned it on uh, in, in the second half there and ran away with it." Yeah, uh, former Cavs guard from the 90s, Mark Price, had a tweet the other day saying just how a uh, bit of an old man shouting at Cloud, but just saying how easily it is for guys to pick up a switch on defense last or in the game right now. And I think that is the case because Chris Paul does just walks down and basically just sort of picks the defender that he wants. Guys don't seem to be fighting. I mean, we talk about the same thing with Kawhi Leonard, one of the best defenders in the league, and it does seem to be the trend at the moment. Like, if you want the guy defending you, you can go down and pick him up pretty easily. So uh, I think that is one thing that, that the Nuggets need to be a bit more focused on is if Michael Porter is just getting called into those de- defensive switches, so they have to get him out of that area, have to put him on a player who's further back or whatever. And maybe, you know, of course, it's the chess match of then that player comes up to set the pick yeah. or whatever but um, you know you have to fight through screens a little bit more and you're just not really seeing that but look it's Chris Paul I mean you saw him dance with uh, Paul Millsap as well oh one. my god just uh, I mean it's beautiful and look Chris Paul's done this his entire career to great defenders to anybody and, and Paul Millsap's a little bit slower these days than he used to be uh, he's in complete control but I, I remember as well when Chris Paul when he did have that shoulder you know injury in that first round against the Lakers where he couldn't even you know for him he was losing his handle he was slipping around he wasn't making passes with the real uh, fizz on it that is just completely gone now he's mm-hmm. back to the 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 uh, superstar that he was walking into that mid-range knock down those shots hitting threes doing everything and i think that's clearly the biggest turnaround for the suns in the playoffs is, is he, his health is back but if you are the nuggets yeah i think uh you just you have to fight a little bit more and not let your weakest defender get picked up on him in in those situations because um it does seem to be uh it, it seems to happen a little too easily for me yeah Tass, one thing we talked about Heading into game two, we're like, ah, will Will Barton play? And if he does play, will he be able to give him anything? Or because he hasn't played in seven weeks, he'll be rusty, and maybe it hurts the Nuggets. What did you think? I thought he looked all right. I thought he gave him some, uh, some energy. I think Malone even said that after the game. He's like, it's pretty embarrassing. A guy that hasn't played in six or seven weeks might have been the best player in terms of like just pure effort out there. Uh, but what did you think of, the, of uh, what we saw from Will Barton there? Ball and Will Barton. I forgot how good he is. I just He's just such a, a natural, smooth guy. He can just score. Yeah, he came out and he was on fire. Uh, and maybe he'll 
give you a tiny bit back on the other end. But yeah, yeah. the energy level was super high. Perfect six, man. And uh, yeah, yeah, you know, who knows what uh, the, the adjustment is. Is it stick with Campazzo and... Um, and Rivers in the backcourt and just keep Will in that six-man role, maybe. Uh, but I, I don't know. I mean, he was just on frickin' fire. So if you need some offensive uh, weaponry, why not shove him in there? He looks super good to me. Yeah, 10 points, 15 minutes. Uh, and, and maybe you'll have a little, you know, Will sort of streaky, you know, like uh, he just gets cold and he just starts chucking a bit. But love me some Will. Love me. Mm-hmm. He's just smooth. He's just a unique player out there. So you guys, you guys were asking about it. I thought, nah. It's going to be rusty Will Barton, but no, he was quite the opposite. Wow, he was farting Will Barton for sure. <laughs> Flying <laughs> around, tooting all around out there. No, he looked good. I thought he was great. I think he was again, you know, outside of Jokic, got his numbers, but they're making life difficult for him. Eight and his, and and sometimes when they're throwing second guys at him, uh, I thought he was like the best, the second best Nugget uh, in this game, despite playing uh, very limited minutes. Uh, so we'll see if he starts. Maybe Morris does start, like you said, Lee. I know he hasn't been great. Mm. But maybe just switching it up and putting him yeah. in there, and maybe it slows Chris Paul somehow a little bit. You know, Campazzo is getting picked on too. That is happening. Uh, if it's not Michael Porter Jr. that they're putting in the action, um, I, I'm sure Malone will do something. He doesn't seem like the type of coach that's just like, nope, this is the way we do it. It's the way we've always done it. We're just going to try it again. We'll play better at home. I don't think so. I think he'll give, he'll switch something up. He be has it Martin, to. He has to do be it something. Morris. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I just think, uh, and, and look, the fans in Phoenix again last night were just incredible. Tough. What a riot it is in there! That, that's the other thing. That's the a damn fans. party in oh, this place. They're chanting "Suns in four. Uh, you know, they're they're all over the other team. They, like, yeah, no, they're yeah. amazing right now. Uh, they're enjoying it, and they should because their team is playing incredibly fun basketball. You know, they're winning, and they must be starting to you know put their eye toward the Western Conference Finals right now, and just seeing how that series is going because they're going to be feeling great. Uh, when everyone's healthy. And, and again, like last night, no one scored 20 points for the Suns. I think I that's just incredible that you're getting so much variety from your offense and not having, you know, Chris Paul, he was the star with the 17 and 15. But uh, the fact that no one's out there having to really be the, be the only guy on offense is uh, is huge for them because they're getting contributions from everyone. That's the way uh, Monty likes it. And, um, you know, that, that just puts them in such a good position going forward. The only the only real concern, I guess, for the Suns is, and this is a minor one, is, is complacency because apart from Chris Paul and Jay Crowd, a lot of those guys haven't been to the playoffs and they might just think, hey, this is easy, you know, and uh, things can turn pretty quickly. But yeah. I don't really think that's a problem with Chris Paul out there on the floor because he's because he's in such complete control. But some of the younger guys might sort of feel like, man, this is we're, we're cruising along here and uh, and take their foot off the gas a bit, but... That's why Chris Paul after the game was like, wasn't he like alluding to a series against the Spurs when he was with the Pelicans? And he was like, we hammered them in, yeah, like, in, yeah, the, in two three, games, two. I think it was. Yeah. yeah. And he was yeah, like, they won every, you know, we thought we were going to cruise control. Yeah. To, and it was like, no, it was like, they weren't worried at all. The Spurs weren't with Tim Duncan and they came back in that series. Yeah. Yeah. So he's trying to tell them that for surely. Like, hey, just because we're up 2-0, just because we won both games at home in pretty dominant fashion with our crowds going nuts. Yeah. It's like we're still so far from what we want to achieve here in terms of moving on and then and then going even further, which they I mean, I don't know how you can't be you can't watch this team and go, no, there's no way they can go to the finals. Like, yeah. look, I had the Nuggets in seven. I'm holding on by, you know, a thread. Trey, you had them in six, I think. Right. But everything comes down to game three. It's not over. Things change in a hurry. But God, they look so just every guy contributing for Phoenix is the scary part. And I think somebody already threw this in there like. Wouldn't you bet on Booker having like a 35-point night here, like probably in one of these games in Denver, or at least in this series? Like he's gonna pop off at one of these. One of them. that's that's who he is. Uh, so that's scary if you're Denver, I think, Trey, a little bit. 
Yeah, I guess if you're Denver, you're thinking we haven't had a big Jokic game yet either, right? That's yeah. got to yeah, sure. be the thing in game three. And that's honestly a must-win game. Maybe the Nuggets hit back if they lose game three, but I don't know. It feels like they no. I don't, They felt just so overwhelmed last night that if it plays out similar in game three to how it did in game two, bad news bears in game four, I would imagine. But it's going to be lit in Denver, no doubt. This was their worst loss of the season, probably their worst game of the season. They just look completely, completely outclassed. Uh, Aaron Gordon apparently called out the team, him and Jamichael Green. <laughs> Perhaps you would like... Uh, that coming from Jokic rather than a guy who's been there for 25 games and a guy coming off the bench, but little poop pants for Aaron Gordon <laughs> called out the team and came out with six points on three of seven shooting Aaron Gordon. What should they be expecting from him? They should be expecting more than six points from him. Shouldn't he be at least 15 a game in this yeah. series? Like with no Murray there with Michael Porter jr. Struggling, you brought Aaron Gordon in, not just to be a defender. He was a ball handler for the Magic. He should at least be able to make some sort of plays out there. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I, I would agree with that. I, would I like how he's not overshooting, though. Like, I like how he's not shooting threes because those aren't going to go in generally. You know, he's taking the right shots. I mean, uh, hey, you're getting what you're getting. I don't think I don't think it's really all that bad. I think if you're relying on him to score twenty twenty five, you end up being the Magic. Uh, I, I think <laughs> I think you're you know, yeah. How about ten? <laughs> in the first one, he had a decent game. Like, I, what do you have? He had double digits for sure. Yeah. I, I, the uh, the three of six, it's a good percentage. I like it. I like his. <laughs> I like his hair. Silver lining. I, yeah. I, I mean, it's just it's it's those games that we watched. Yeah, the twenty five games. It was Jokic setting him up and setting everybody else up and every everything running through Jokic. I mean, I just want Jokic to touch that thing one thousand times a game, and then yeah, Aaron Gordon will get some from cuts and all that. But I don't, I don't. You're right. I mean, if Porter Jr. is struggling, then somebody needs to handle the ball. But I want the the MVP handling the ball, and then let the chips fall where they may. I do wonder. Yeah, will we see Jokic just? shoot 30 times in game three and of course facilitate too to to and move it around when the doubles come but he almost has to it, you, yeah look there is no doubt watching last night's game these first two games you're like my god they could really use jamal murray and some dribble handoff action with Jokic to actually have uh, some confidence in one other guy being able to sort of attack and, and maybe get a bucket because my god it's just Jokic right now when morris ain't hitting anything we haven't had the austin rivers explosion Composite, fine. Aaron Gordon, as we just talked about, okay. I mean, like, there are times when Millsap is like, oh my God, Millsap might be your next best bet to get a bucket. Um, but not good. Uh, we'll see what happens in game three. Chris Paul, I just want to point this out. You guys said the 17 and 15 with zero turnovers. He's the, uh, what, only four other guys have done it in, in playoff history to have 15, 15 and zero turnovers. Chris Paul's done it three times, Lee, for hmm. three different teams. Hmm. Across three decades, <laughs> incredible uh, to have those type of stats in a playoff game. The other ones, they make sense. Jason Kidd, Magic Johnson. The final one, though, be a great trivia question one day. Spurs guard Johnny Moore. Wow. Back in the early 80s, did <laughs> Lee, do you remember Johnny Moore? Have we ever pulled a Johnny Moore basketball card in one of these old packs? Uh, I remember him, yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, no, I don't remember that game. Oh, we, uh, yeah, mm -hmm. we must have seen him in one of the popping packs at some point. Yeah, so. I feel like yeah. he's uh, would be yeah. a random card we would get. He uh, yeah. he did lead the lead in assists one year back in the early 80s. So he, wow. was, a, he was an assist man, Johnny Moore. Surprise I had to Johnny. look him up. I didn't even know what he looked like. Surprise John Stockton never reached that mark. Huh. The 15 uh, assists without uh, turnover, yeah. 
It's a great point. Anyway, not yeah. on that list. Chris Paul uh, dominating that list. Uh, just a few other notes I had. Bullseye tip, 9.33. People were loving it. Love to see it. Oh, yeah. my God. Oh, uh, yeah. That was nice. Because <laughs> yeah. yeah. you never quite know, but maybe helped out by the one game only there, Tess. Mm-hmm. I was, was late. Great. Yeah, I was late. I was a late arrival to that 9.33. Oh, wow. Sure. See? Yeah, you're yeah. okay. I was you're expecting all... 9.40. No doubt. Yeah. Yep. So that, that was fantastic. You guys said the crowd was awesome again. Kevin Pelton tweeted, the worst point differential through two games by an eventual series winner in a best of seven since 84. These are the three. Cleveland coming back against the Warriors in 2016. Through the first two games, they were minus 48 Lee. Okay. Mm-hmm. Then we had the 95 Rockets coming back against the Suns. They were minus 46. Uh, point differential for through the first two and then in 2016 the blazers over the clippers chris paul would have been on that team would he have not uh, <laughs> uh minus 41 and then he, he says that to point out the bucks currently minus 47 point differential mm-hmm. against the nets and the nuggets minus 42 um yeah yeah <laughs> so they they would be on this list if they could pull off the uh mm. You know, I guess not the impossible. They're only down 2-0, but coming back to uh, win a best of seven series. Who's more likely, Milwaukee or Denver? Denver. <laughs> but I don't feel good about either. <laughs> I mean, look, again, yeah. I, I, and That's I have tough. the Nuggets. I mean, I, it's, it's the, the Suns just, every guy's playing awesome. Tess, you thought it might get be the Kaminsky uh, game last <laughs> night. Like, that was your uh, random <laughs> prediction. I put you guys on the spot. Uh, you weren't that far off. I mean, it was Dario Saric who was pretty awesome, I thought, in this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was amazing. Yeah. Uh, everybody, it's it's totally true. We named campaign Dario Saric. Tory Craig was blocking <laughs> yeah. shots, dunking things. Cam Johnson did his part. So we're nine deep now. I thought Frank Kaminsky <laughs> looked real good in garbage minutes. Uh, uh, one for one for three. Yeah, Jalen Smith. Frank. Oh man! Everybody, everybody feeling good uh, in the valley there. Um, couple just plays. What was your favorite play from last night, Lee? Because I thought there were some awesome ones. The Chris Paul like crossing up Millsap, and then and then yeah. the sweet diamond side was huge. Uh, Craig blocking Morris from behind, which led to a Sarge three on the other end, was awesome. Jokic's fake turnaround fadeaway no look to uh, uh, to uh, Barton Will was awesome. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, a couple other plays. Do you have a favorite from last night? Well, it, it probably is the Chris Paul one just because of the the, the pass into, I think it was Tory Craig who uh, finished it. And he just, uh, you know, when he gets a guy like that, he's like, I'm just, sorry, I have to do this, Paul. You're a veteran. You're an all-star. You, you know, you've been around the league, but I have to embarrass you. I just can't help myself here. But there was another play. I actually clipped it. I was going to put it up. It was off that one play where Jokic just uh, was, was sort of caught into the pick and roll and just stayed in the paint. The amount of space that Chris Paul had to just stroll into that mid-range right. that's the sort of play that uh, if you are Michael Malone I think he's probably focusing on saying we're quitting because of all the shots in the world you can give up the Chris Paul mid-ranger is probably one of the uh, the, the least you want to uh, allow to happen so there was that I mean I love that early pass out of Will Barton I had that one ready to go but uh, didn't get it up in time so, <laughs> why? Uh, why were you clipping them all and that, not posting them? no well this one it just it took a while to get through and by the time I had it uh, like a dozen people had it out already so it's like oh, yeah you know Jesus. no point no point but yeah, uh, right. yeah no I mean it just, Chris Paul when he just comes down and he just sort of looks at the defence and says hmm okay whose turn is it and then he just goes out and delivers I mean because like to be fair to Michael Porter a couple of those 
those shots, it's not like he's created so much space that he's not near it. He puts it up, but it's just, it still seems uncontestable when Chris Paul decides he's taking a mid-range shot. That's the crazy thing about it. He, yeah. uh, he, he's, just, he's just beautiful to watch. I'm really uh, hoping he can go further than this series too. It'd be great for him. Yeah, if you uh, you know, if your team is not in the playoffs any longer, I don't know. I guess people don't like, like Chris Paul. There are those people that hate Chris Paul, but the the narrative of him getting a ring would be pretty damn cool. And we talked about it on yesterday's beach step, and we were coming up with like cool scenarios, cool narratives for the uh, finals matchups, and that came up. You know, the idea of him uh, actually getting a ring at 36. But I don't want to get too excited with the Suns and Chris Paul yeah. because every time you're like, yep, here we go. This is the year something terrible happens to uh, CP3. Uh, I guess that's a uh, knock on wood if you're a Suns fan. All right. Well, Lee, I, I hope you get a new uh, Will Barton highlight in game three because you probably only have a couple games left to get in a Will Barton highlight. What's the caption going to be? I think it. I, think uh, it, I mean, I can't preemptive that. Oh. You've got to see what the play is. Oh, you know? it, might, wow. it, it might just be like, you know, a Jokic um, eyes emoji. It could be something simple like that because, it, you know. <laughs> I was um, hoping to do the Bart Man. Oh, the Bart Man, yeah. 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 Wow. I mean, it could be a big step back. You know, it could be like, uh, I don't go this far on my vacations. You know, when you see him do one of those gigantic ones, it's, eh, it doesn't really work. But uh, <laughs> Workshop, workshop. You got to see it. Man. You got to see it. It's like having yeah. a baby. You can't name it in the hospital. You need to look, yeah, exactly. at, for a, look exactly. at the baby for a month. But, yeah, we had this conversation in a, in a WhatsApp group, Skeets, what you just brought up. Eight teams remaining. Who are you cheering for? Because let, let's go to our buddies. Our buddy Ken he was cheering for the Lakers, and when, yeah. when the Suns bounced him, he didn't know who to cheer for. Mm. I brought up I brought up Chris Paul and the Suns because I think you got to cheer from somebody from the West. Trey brought up Jokic. He was in the Jokic yep. camp. Yep. Um, but yeah, I'm. Uh, yeah, I, I kind of. Yeah, the, where's the where is the best narrative? Where is the best storyline of the eight teams left? Of course, it's not the Nets. I don't think it's the Sixers. I don't think it's. Maybe it's the Bucks if you're into that type of thing. Could be Trey Young. <laughs> I would uh, like to see the MVP though as well, like win the finals. That hasn't happened in like when was the last time that while. happened? Yeah, wow. Steph, I guess. Uh, yeah, Steph. Twenty nineteen. Yeah, Steph. yeah. Okay. Okay. That's all well, I got. You say. better hope Denver turns it around here yeah, in Game Three yeah. if you want that. I just want this series to go longer than possibly four or five too, which uh, no doubt looks like right now with the way Phoenix is playing and the way Denver is uh, unfortunately playing. We'll see. Everything could change in one game, but it all comes down to game three. It seems like a pivotal game, Lee. Can we call it that? <laughs> At least for uh, yeah. 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 Huge. Okay. All right. Let's take a quick commercial break, and then we'll get to the up-down report. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep. You heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. 
We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shay Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture-themed trophies for six basketball-related activities. Trophies like the Dominic Toretto I Live My Life a Quarter Mile at a Time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Oh, love to see the computer down, make it into the ad read. <laughs> so good. Amazing. A classic moment. I love to have ad reads back because it feels like we're at NBA TV as well. We can look at our phones, you know, during commercial break. (laughs) Coming back in five, four. All right, we're back. (laughs) Yes, we are back. And uh, let's get into it because there's a bunch in today's report. It's the Up Down Report. Preparing your tubes. It's the Up Down Report. First one in the up-down report. Let's see your thumbs in the stream teams. Thumbs up or thumbs down. Another day, another NBA award announcement. Rudy Gobert has won the NBA's Defensive Player of the Year. The award is Gobert's third DPOY honor uh, since the introduction of the award in 83. Gobert is only the fourth player in NBA history to win it three times plus, joining Dwight Howard, who has three, and then Ben Wallace and Dikembe Mutombo, who have four. The Stifle Tower finished with 84 of 100 first-place votes. Ben Simmons coming in second place overall with 15 first place votes. And then Golden State's Draymond Green placed third. So, Lily, you're going to get us started here. Up or down on Rudy Gobert winning another DPOY. Thumbs up. Congratulations. A convincing victory there by Rudy. Well deserved. And uh, you do mention that he joins pretty elite company. And when you look at it, he's going to be 29 soon in only in a couple of weeks here. And he anchors one of the league's most consistent and best defenses and has done for the last four or five years. Could end up with more than anybody, I think. Uh, hmm. I don't think that's uh, that's without uh, with uh, with beyond the range of possibilities here because you know that the Jazz's backbone and their staple is defense. He's there. He gets recognized for it. And, uh, you know, I, I can sort of see him. He's getting better. He grabs a lot of rebounds. He doesn't have any, you know, significant health concerns at this point. Like, he's not an injury-prone guy. So he's going to play. The Jazz are going to be a, a defensive team for a long time, as long as he's there. So... I can see him uh, being the leader of this bracket, this category, when uh, when all said and done with his career, because uh, that's what he's certainly most known for, and he uh, continues to be impactful on that end. Last season, the Jazz's defense slipped to 13th in the league, which was uh, surprising for me, though maybe the, the bubble had something to do with it there, but uh, it was certainly back this year, and Rudy was uh, fantastic and uh, deserved this award. Would you bet on that, Trey? Rudy Gobert to win two more, let's say, Defensive Player of the Years from here on out. He's only uh, 29, whatever he is, uh, at least said. 29 in a couple of weeks. Yeah. yeah. Um, or, you know, maybe one you can uh, wrap your head around and then you're like, ah, would voters actually give him more than Kembe and Ben Wallace? <laughs> That's where I would struggle. But but it, it is possible. I mean, he's still an elite defender. Oh, you just proved that winning it again. And I could see why he could win it a couple more times. Yeah, and there doesn't seem to be voter fatigue for Defensive Player of the Year, right? It's almost more just like, hey, that guy's still awesome at defense. Toss him a vote. I mean, you know, I think that rim defense is the most important defense out there. I think that that's going to continue to be the case. And obviously the Jazz are going to continue to build around Rudy Gobert as a defender, 
Probably at some point, Ben Simmons will get one. People will toss him a little DPOY bone, but I think that Gobert was the easy choice this year. He challenges the most shots at the rim, and people are still trying to avoid him. I think that's pretty impressive. It's just that his lowlights stick out so much that people love to dunk on Rudy Gobert. You know, when he gets crossed up by Chris Paul in the corner and he's spinning around like a top, that sticks out a lot more than, you know, blocking a John Morant dunk or something like that, because we expect a seven foot four guy to be able to block some shots, but I don't know. If you watch that last possession um, of game one against the Clippers, I know it wasn't during the regular season, but that could have been a defensive player of the year highlight type right there. Rudy closing out in the corner, kind of just flying all over the court. Guy's a great defender. Five is in play, I would at least say. Tass, were you shocked at all by, you know, how much he ran away with this award? 84 of the uh, 100, 101 first place votes there going to him. Quite a significant amount. I thought some people thought, yeah, it might be a little closer between him and Ben Simmons, but in the end, it really wasn't all that close. A little bit, for sure. I get caught up in what the media is saying, and Doc Rivers did a good job of pumping up his guy and Ben Simmons. And yeah, I definitely get caught in the narrative out there. I'm, I'm a sucker, uh, <laughs> definitely. So yeah, I heard it a lot, um, but at the same time, I think we're going to get a good Ben Simmons game on Friday because of it. Mm, I know, oh. I know, Skeets, you, you kind of mocked that idea when Joel Embiid uh, came out with a 40-point performance after Nikola Jokic got the MVP and yeah. saying that it had nothing, one had nothing to do with the other. I, well, I think Ben desperately wanted this thing. And uh, yeah, maybe we'll get just a tiny bit more Ben juice on Friday in Atlanta for <laughs> game three. I'm just trying to look at the positive here. I don't buy that uh, what Danny Green said about Ben Simmons, that th- this this should go to a perimeter player because the, the, the big man has less to do now in today's game. It's the opposite. It's absolutely the opposite. Dan Green also, I'm calling him Dan Green from now. On. Pump oh my it up. God, <laughs> sounds Pump like it. an author. Yeah, Dan. Yeah, Dan <laughs> I'm gonna Green. take a vacation to read my Dan Green book <laughs> on the beach. But he says that perimeter players have more responsibility than than big guys. It's the opposite, the absolute opposite. And that's why I, I understand Trey. You're saying uh, voters don't have voter fatigue. I kind of have voter fatigue looking at this award. I kind of just go. Big man centric when I look at this award, you know, although Ben does as much as he possibly can, uh, Rudy has a little bit more ground to cover. And uh, I think he he does a good job of it because he he, that's the only place you can really get physical with somebody is at the rim. They don't Mm -hmm. call it the way they call it out on the perimeter, which is touch foul at the at the rim at least you can be a little bit physical so i think rudy gets it i have no idea i, I didn't look historically if he's going to get uh he just needs two more and then he'll have the, the yeah. ultimate lead wow yeah wow. i think he's finished twice second as well yeah so, i was just uh, gonna say that one definitely wants to dream on me right yeah 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 uh yeah wow i mean does that is he then a lock for the hall of fame if, he, if he's like uh, he's the all-time sort of leader, the best defender of all time, I mean, yeah. I don't know. That, that's uh, it's too early for that. I saw somebody. Ben Wallace just uh, got yeah. inducted, yeah. right? Rudy Gobert is going to be a Hall of Famer. Oh wow! TK's calling his shot. He's locking it in. I, oh my goodness! I awards, love it. man. You're going to see Rudy Gobert at the end of his uh, career. He's going to be posted up with five Defensive Player of the Year awards. Put him in, man. Oh, defense, I hate it. 
but it's half the game, <laughs> yeah, at least sure. what, what some people say. It's more like maybe 38% of the game, but it is technically half the game. Uh, it's a great trophy, I will say that. It looks yeah. cool when you see the uh, Defensive Player of the Year trophy. It, like, it's got some weight to it, Lee. I, mean, I guess the, the MVP trophy is great, too, don't get me wrong, but uh, yeah. I just like how it looks. It's it looks cool stands, when you got yeah. a bunch of them there together. I will say, though, that the award presentations are really starting to mail it in, which is left on his seat in his locker room there. He's like, well, uh, it's his yeah. third one. So it's like, I know, and the Jazz have already had an award there, and it's just like, yeah, here you go, have it. And then, uh, and then Jingles had to save the day once again, going up there, putting up a great speech. I mean, yeah. Jingles has had the uh, most impressive speeches and uh, trophy you know, presentation moments of the fight of the playoffs here. So I don't know, but uh, do, you want, um, do you want Ingles to host the uh, next NBA award show? If, if we uh, ultimately do it again and you could wear your blue suit there. Yeah, he would absolutely light it up. Jingles. He'd have some great lines. No doubt about it. He'd be sarcastic. He'd be dry. He'd have a little shot at a few of the guys he's gotten, uh, gotten into it with over the years, like Paul George. It'd be perfect. Okay. That's all we need. Paul Hogan uh, hosted the uh, Oscars back in 1987 after Crocodile Dundee. So, uh, <laughs> Hugh Jackman's hosted the Oscars. Yeah. Hugh Jackman's hosted the Oscars. Uh, What else? What else? What else? Uh, Yeah. Oh, well. Did Kylie Minogue ever host a Billboard Music Award or something like that? No, but Kylie Minogue got a birthday shout-out down at the Fortress in the uh, Hawks-Knicks game. You know when they do the celebrity birthdays? It was Kylie Minogue. And I'm like... Who in Atlanta is going to know who Kylie Minogue is? She turned 53. Too. She wasn't there. No, she wasn't there. It was just like a celebrity's birthday day. It was like <laughs> Kylie Minogue. And I'm like, wow. Wow, that's random. Yeah, I wish I got a photo of it, but uh, I was not <laughs> expecting it. I was not expecting it. You know, there's rappers and movie stars and people I've never heard of. And then Kylie Minogue gets a shout out. I'm like, okay, great. Okay. Uh, our next one here in the up-down report. Uh, love seeing the thumbs, by the way, guys. Up or down. The Indiana Pacers fired coach Nate Bjorkren yesterday. In his only season in Indiana, Bjorkren went 34-38. and 38. Now, Pacers players, including Sabonis and Brogdon, they voiced dissatisfaction with uh, Bjorkren at some point during the season. General unhappiness, I believe, uh, was sort of the quotes from the athletic reporters again throughout the season. And so he's gone. Uh, and Trey, we'll start with you. Up or down on the Pacers' decision here to just fire Bjorkren after just one season? All right, you're out of here, man. I got to go sideways on this, Skeets, because on one hand, a terrible look to have to fire your coach after a single season. But also, if your coach has to be fired after a single season, you get a thumbs up for doing it because you don't want to go for a second year. Right. Especially considering that the Pacers are not a team that is early in their development, right? They're trying their best. Uh, to win right now. Obviously, it's a tough season for Indiana. Malcolm Brogdon, Miles Turner, TJ Warham, Jeremy Lamb, Karis LeVert, all those guys missed significant time. They had a hot start, 11-9 through January. I'll never forget DeMontis Sabonis averaging a triple-double for like a month. That's going to be the new Flip Murray out there. Remember when he led the league in scoring for like two weeks? Oh four, oh five. That's yep. DeMontis Sabonis in December and January, but they fell apart from there under 500 for the rest of the season as no dunks fans know they kept showing up as the opponents in big beefs not a good look apparently nate lost the locker room they got blown out in their last play-in game and yeah skeets leaks galore basically that everybody was unhappy and didn't like this guy once that <laughs> happens tough to put the toothpaste back into the tube there's a difference between being a voice and being the voice this is not the first time as an assistant has struggled moving into the big chair. It sucks for the Pacers that they had to do it so quickly, especially considering Nate McMillan <laughs> did take the Hawks 
to the second round after years of losing in the first round of the playoffs, but probably a smart choice for the Pacers. Yeah, what do you think, Tass, uh, the Pacers' decision here to quickly move off of uh, Nate Bjorkman? Yeah, I, I think they had a problem. They had to change it. Uh, there was just too much out there. There was way too much media reporting out there, including TJ Warren saying, hey, that guy came from the Phoenix team when I was there. I don't like him. Give me a trade. He didn't even play for him in Indiana. I mean, that was a report. But, yeah, just up and down the roster. So many guys. And then we saw the whole Goga thing with, with Greg Foster on the bench. Oh, yeah. You know, we had that situation. Now, it's really strange because Toronto Sun reporter uh, Ryan Wolstadt said that the Toronto Raptors would be glad to have Nate Bjorkman back as an assistant coach. But as Trey brings up, sometimes you go from the assistant chair into the head coaching chair and, and things don't go well. Mm-hmm. But they love him in Toronto, so maybe he goes back to a position like that. But I, I think with Indiana, bad reporting. It's time to move on. And it's not like a Sacramento Kings situation or somewhere where they just rotate in and out of coaches. It's 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 not a tumultuous situation. Uh, it's they had Nate McMillan there for four years before that, and then Frank Vogel five plus years before that. So it's not like it's it's one of those uh, franchises that you just uh, teams will look at or, or potential free agents will look at and say, ah, oh, just another bad season, another year. They're flipping a coach. That franchise is in disarray. There was disarray in the locker room. They remedied that, and I think they can go back a little bit to being that. Uh, the respected franchise that they should be. There's a lot of stability there. So they need somebody in there that's stable that, yeah, takes them to that next level of their growth. Lee, I always wonder when stuff like this happens, how much did other coaching coaches being fired have to do with this decision from the Pacers? What I mean by that is, you know, he's still there after the season. The, the Pacers season, last yeah. I checked, ended a couple weeks ago. Yeah. And then recently, like let's say the last week or so, you know, we got Terry Stotts uh, out in Portland. We've got the whole thing going on with the Celtic, like a bunch of uh, new openings, which means some new co- some coaches that were there uh, are, are now available. Is there a possibility here where it is like, oh, let's try and get Terry Stotts? And it's like, oh, well, now he's available. Well, geez, let's get rid of this Nate Bjorken guy. We were already thinking about it anyway. Maybe we can get him. I wonder if they're correlated at all. It's possible, I guess. I think, uh, I guess the Indiana front office there decided, let's just uh, give it a couple of weeks just to see, maybe talk to him, talk to the players once everyone's cooled down and the stress of the season's over and just to see if there is something we can work out of this. Because again, I think for a franchise, you don't really want to have to do this move. You want to be able to say, hey, listen, we believe in this guy. It didn't work out the first season, but maybe after everyone's uh, cooled down a bit, we can move forward. But uh, that wasn't the case. And so, uh, you know, he's out and uh, look, it's, it's tough when this is your first gig and you get canned and the guy who you got canned for as uh, Trey uh, alluded to there is absolutely flying with the Hawks right now they've turned their whole season around since Nate McMillan came over so that's going to be tough for uh, Nate Bjorkman if he wants to get a head coaching gig somewhere else uh, he doesn't uh, leave with a great reputation there but yeah if you're the Pacers you haven't got a lot of time here if those guys are in demand like Terry Stotts has been rumored and also I think Mike D'Antoni is going to be a head coach again somewhere next season it seems like uh, he is still interested in coaching and there's going to be a ton of interest because Mike D'Antoni's teams, you know, have unfortunately come up short in the playoffs, but they always play fast, high-scoring, exciting basketball, and teams just like to have a guy like him there who just sort of unlocks your offense. So uh, I think uh, the Pacers probably decided, okay, we need to be at least, uh, we don't want to get caught behind before these guys get signed by some other team. So, right. um 
that's what I guess went into it. But it wasn't a knee-jerk reaction as well. I guess that's a good thing from the Pacers. They, they didn't just like decide the day their season ended, right, you're done. We, they, they, they did at least give it time to think about it and see what they could figure out. But ultimately, uh, they decided it wasn't the right move to keep him. Well, rumors have Mike D'Antoni going to coach the Portland Trailblazers. And before you guys jumped on here to do today's show, TK told me if D'Antoni goes to Portland, lock it in Damian Lillard MVP next year. <laughs> That's right. Lock it in. Uh, The guy gets incredible performances out of point guards. Steve Nash, MVP under Mike D'Antoni. James Harden, MVP under Mike D'Antoni. The only thing that's going to have to happen is Damian Lillard will have to change his number to 13 for it to work perfectly. (laughs) But if that happens, I mean, you're looking at maybe the best record in the league, a one seed in the Western Conference, and an MVP all from Damian Lillard. I would think it'd be pretty funny, though, if uh, Neil Olshay comes out and says, we're getting a guy in here who's bringing the defense. Yeah. A guy who yeah. can look at this roster, this exact same roster that I put together that's so gorgeous, and turn him into a defense. Nah. Lean into the offense. Go, D'Antoni. It tends to work. I will say I also think Terry Stotts is a lock for this Indiana yeah. job, and I think a huge part of the reason that we heard about Nate Bjorkren is that Terry Stotts became available. Terry Stotts played his high school basketball in Indiana. He's an Indiana Sports Hall of Famer. Best way to get a job with the Pacers is to have a connection to Indiana (laughs) basketball somehow. Larry Bird joined the Pacers. Uh, Who else has been in the mix here? They brought in Victor Oladipo, an Indiana player. Uh, I'm sure like a Mike Conley would be an ideal guy for them to have. Obviously, they were rumored for Gordon Hayward. If you're successful in Indiana, the Pacers want you. Yeah, that's, that's exactly what I think happened here with the news coming right off the heels, basically, of Stotts being like, go in Portland. Like, geez, he'd be awesome. Let's go get him. See you later, Nate. Anyway, that's yeah. enough time. And they have the same front office that Portland did back in the day. Oh, so right. there's that connection. I didn't even think and, of that. Uh, George Hill used to be in Indiana. i just like to say this. He went to IUPUI. There it's it is. So nice. fun to say. Uh, Isaiah next. Thomas, people are saying, an Indiana University oh, yeah. legend, became yep. a coach there as well. Good call, stream team. Uh, next one here, this sucks. Hawks forward DeAndre Hunter will miss the rest of the NBA playoffs because of a torn lateral meniscus in his right knee. Uh, team announced this on Wednesday. Hunter experienced some mild swelling in his right knee prior to Game 1 against Philly, and he underwent an MRI that revealed a new small tear of the lateral meniscus. So we'll ask it like this, Tass. Up or down? on the Hawks' chances of beating the Sixers here in this series without Hunter, who obviously will not be returning. Up or down? It's terrible because DeAndre Hunter is a very, very solid player, but I'm going to go up because Kevin Herter's emergence off the bench can just slot into that starting lineup at the small forward spot. He has been incredible these last couple of games. It's time for him to get in there. With all the pressure on Trey Young, You know Solomon Hill hasn't been able to to shore up the offense, but Kevin Herter has. He basically played starters minutes in game two. He played 36 minutes. He was 8 of 10. He had 20 points. Game before that, the two games here in in Philadelphia, he was 6 of 9. So combined, he's 14 of 19 so far in two games. He's balling. You can't hide Seth Curry if you have Kevin Herter on the floor. You can kind of hide him on DeAndre Hunter a little bit. I, I think you would rather have, you know, Herter has been a, a just, he's just a lethal offensive weapon right now. Who knows what DeAndre Hunter would be if he came back. So, uh, you know, I, I say that, that in coordination with the way Herter is playing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's time to get him in there. And, yeah, it hurts the bench a little bit, no doubt. Um, but 
you just got to play your guys heavy minutes. And I think Nate McMillan will do that. I, I think Friday night, game three, you have to start Kevin Herter now. Uh, he's probably going to do it anyways, even despite this DeAndre Hunter news, put Solomon Hill to the bench. Uh, but yeah, you got to just, just think about those three guys out there now, Trey, Bogdan Bogdanovich, and Kevin Herter. They're not gonna, you know, they're they're not gonna be sieves on the defensive end. They're 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 gonna do their job well enough on the defensive end, and they can't trap Trey that way. It, you know, with Solomon Hill out there, they could. With DeAndre Hunter, you know, maybe playing great, maybe not, they could. But Kevin Herter is scorching, so I'm looking forward to Herter being out there. The consensus from the stream team, Lily, seems to be it doesn't really matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter if Hunter's actually gonna be playing in this series. Um, but what do you think? Are you thumbs up or thumbs down? Oh, I'm thumbs up because they've already won one game and they're in game two as well. And DeAndre Hunter was out most of the season anyway, so they've learned to play without him. Uh, but they, they are going to miss him because he's a versatile player. He was good against the Knicks. He can hit the threes. He can defend. So you would certainly love to have at least, you know, 12, 15 minutes. You'd love him starting over Solomon Hill for sure if he was healthy, but that's not the case. But I, I do think the Hawks, from what I've seen so far in the playoffs here, they've got enough to beat the Sixers, but they, uh, they're in tough. It's going to be a tough series no matter what play- happens and who plays. But if the uh, if the Sixers' defense really does lock in and, and prevent the uh, Hawks from getting threes and getting shots off, then it's going to tilt towards the Sixers. But you've got to like where the Hawks are right now. They've stolen home court. We've got a huge game down here at the Fortress tomorrow night, and uh, I'm pretty excited for it. So I, 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 I don't think it makes a huge difference ultimately just because, as I said, he's missed most of the season, so they're used to playing without him. But uh, it's certainly they would prefer to have him out there and have him yeah. as an option. So, um, you know, it, it, they miss him somewhat, but uh, they miss him, you know, they'd rather have him over Solomon Hill for sure. Are the standing room only tickets available yet for not Friday yet, night down at the foot? Oh, Jesus. I uh. know, I know. I'm, I've been checking uh, religiously here. Nothing yet, but uh, okay. don't worry, I'm on to it. <laughs> uh, Trey, anything to add to this? Thumbs up or d- thumbs down on Hunter? I don't know if this is a thumbs up or a thumbs down, but I'm with the stream team on this, and I'm with you guys on this, that DeAndre Hunter, unless he grew, like, five to eight inches and gained 90 pounds. Him coming back is not changing this series for the Hawks because the problem is not sticking Tobias Harris out on the perimeter. The problem is that Joel Embiid can walk to 40 points, basically, against Mm -hmm. Clint Capella, one of a solid big man defender. So, yeah, you would obviously rather have Hunter uh, than not have him, but the Hawks at least have a guy in Kevin Herter they can move into the starting lineup to replace Solomon Hill. I actually thought Solomon Hill did a solid job in game one playing defense. Obviously did nothing in game two. You just need more out of your front court to combat what Embiid is guaranteed to be doing. Final one here in the up-down report. LeBron James is changing his number to number six from number 23 next season. The Athletics, Sham Sharanya and Tim Cato reported that the change is expected to come after Space Jam. A new legacy is released <laughs> July 16th. My God, that made me laugh. Uh, Anthony Davis, by the way, is expected to keep number three because you might remember there was, uh, what, a year or two ago, LeBron was going to give his number to Anthony Davis and the league said no or Nike said no. Somebody yeah. said no, we're not doing Nike. that. Uh, so anyway... LeBron's doing it now, but it's coming after the movie. Up or down, uh, TK on LeBron changing his number, uh, you know, back to number six from 23 next season. Thumbs up for a two-year saga of a guy changing (laughs) his number. June 2019, LeBron James gives Anthony Davis a number 23 Anthony Davis jersey in a parking lot at a restaurant (laughs) very soon after. Whoever hits the brakes on this, apparently Nike would have taken a hit in the tens of millions of dollars just having to 
I don't know. It's not like people wouldn't want LeBron James' <laughs> 23 Lakers jerseys if they just sold them anyways. I don't know. But I do think it's funny, Skeets, that we're seeing the reason, the real reason why LeBron wants to switch numbers here. It's because of Space Jam. Mm-hmm. You can see him wearing number six in all of the promo materials. So either they're trying to distance Space Jam 2 from Space Jam 1, where mm-hmm. Michael Jordan is wearing number 23 for the Toon Squad, or... There's going to be a crossover between yep. the two of them. You can't have two number 23s on the Toon Squad. As we know, the opponent changed. Used to be the Monstars. Now it's the Goon Squad, but the Toon Squad remained the same. I've been advocating for an MJ cameo since this project was announced. Then they came out with the news that this was all going to link through the various Warner Brothers properties over the years. Kind of locks it in for me, and I got to say... I'm actually excited for Space Jam 2. Oh, I cannot no. wait for this oh, to come no. out. I can't wait. Oh, July 16th, God. catch me at midnight waiting for the drop. <laughs> <laughs> Hanging with my guy, Al G, the Al G rhythm. We got to defeat the algorithm. So does LeBron. We're all aligned on this one. Uh, yeah, the, my favorite tweet, I, I retweeted it, at Scotty Burnsome. He says, he's calling a shot. I bet at the end of Space Jam, Michael Jordan shows up to play in the game and LeBron has to give up his number 23 to MJ and thus goes back to number six. Lee, you're laughing, but I could see that happening. We're getting an MJ cameo in Space Jam, A New Legacy. Yeah, likely. Uh, the funny thing as well is Anthony Davis is likely not changing his number yeah, from yeah, number three. No. <laughs> he's like, 23. I want a championship with three. Yeah, right? yeah. I, I just want LeBron. He's worn number six, of course, in Miami. I want him to wear just a crazy number like, you know, 74 or something like that. I think it's time for that, you know? I mean, I, <laughs> I don't know. I was, when, when, when this one came up in the dark, I was like, I couldn't care less about this, but I'm going to try to find some sort of angle to bring to the story here. And uh, I know. You say you couldn't care less, but... I, people care about this so much. Like there are like, you'll just like, just Google search. There's like a million articles on this stuff. Yeah, it's it yeah. is wild, but uh, he's going back to six. He'll have both of them now. It'll be, I guess, Kobe-like tasks uh, in a way of Kobe doing it all for the same team, of course, the two numbers. But what do you make of this task? Are you thumbs up or thumbs down? I'm pretty pissed. Oh. I want to wear my LeBron James 23 jersey and be the same number that he's wearing. I, I understand why people get pissed about it. I get it. I get it. You want to you want to have that same number? The, I, I guess people just don't like guys changing numbers in general, period. Although, mm-hmm. um, two things. First, if you buy a jersey and a guy gets traded within a year, you get insurance on that jersey and get your money back. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. That's or cool. Yeah. Uh, that's yeah, yeah, that's cool. that. That's cool. I just thought that's cool. That's a modern day little, little tweak that that has happened in the Jersey game. Anyways, mm-hmm. the second thing is, Trey brought up going to a movie theater, and that got me excited. Oh. I I'm not super excited about, about Space Jam Two, but combined with the fact that I haven't been in a movie theater in a very long time, and I saw people outside a movie theater last week with a popcorn bag, I got pumped. Yeah, well, it's a good feeling being in a movie theater again. So when, when is it being released? July, did we say? July 16th. Yeah. Nice, perfect uh, You time. can basically lock in a film session that we got to do for uh, Space Jam and <laughs> Maybe we'll all go together. Uh, we'll make it an outing, guys. Go watch a movie together, share a popcorn, and then uh, just jump on the... Jump on the stream here and break it all down in a film session, right? Why not? For sure. I'm wearing yeah. my LeBron jersey to the theater. <laughs> I don't know if you want to sit beside me because I'm going shirtless underneath. But oh uh, wow, yeah. Oh, well, movie sure. theaters are cold, man. They are. 
yeah they are, especially yeah. down here i find them f- i bring a sweater to movie theaters here i get so cold <laughs> i hate that feeling uh all right let's uh again uh, hear a couple from you guys. of last things on this sure uh, devin booker smooth move he got lebron's last game worn jersey after the suns oh. eliminated the lakers he's got that number 23 great yeah. call that's pretty cool um, another question I would have is where is that number 23 Anthony Davis Lakers jersey from the parking lot? Does mm. Anthony Davis have huh. it? Does LeBron have it? That's a special jersey to have as well. And the last thing I have a question on, why was there a person outside of the movie theater with a bag of popcorn? I lied. I straight up, I lied. I lied. I saw people. I, you did. I saw people outside, and they were looking at a movie poster, and they were going in. But I, I wanted to create the, uh, yeah, just create the image of somebody looking at a poster with a bag. That's the po- part I was excited about, more so the popcorn. But yeah, good call. Aren't Wait. there some theaters where you can bring your own food, though? Does that still exist? Well, if you smuggle it, yeah. No, there are, I think there are some where you're actually allowed to, too. But yeah, yeah, most people smuggle it in. You ever done that, Lee? Yes all the time because uh, I, I hate it when you go to buy the popcorn and there's only, it's, it's gone, they used to have small, medium and large oh God, and small was go. always here like here goes the Mo Verde Tim Hortons now it's just one size fits all and it's just far too big so uh, yeah we, we cook it at home and I just smuggle it in and I know it's like you not really you cook it at home <laughs> wait <laughs> you're you're talking, making... you bring popcorn into a theater yeah no come on man yeah, come on yeah. because so, uh, I just come on I, I agree this is, this is crazier How than you... leaving a theater with a bag of popcorn yeah uh, because it's like I say, it's just so salty as well, so over the top with the salt and the butter that they put on it. We just do it at home; it's a bit better, and that's uh, and then you just take it in so your kids aren't just sick. Because it's so addictive, you cannot actually stop eating until it's all gone. And and you're like, I don't want my kid eating that much popcorn. So uh, so you're yeah. popping your own bag in the microwave. Well, yeah, we put in the uh, saucepan. We have the the seeds. Oh, the oh real okay, seed. you're yeah, doing yeah. kernels. Respect, yeah, yeah. respect. Yeah. Analog. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. then you're putting it in what? A Ziploc bag or something? And then... It's, yeah, some sort of uh, something that you can sort of not get... <laughs> it's not going to be detected. So and you, then uh, what? You're stuffing it in your cargo shorts? Yeah. Or yeah. Wow. It's wow. not hot. Jesus. Number one, it's not hot. Uh, it stays sort of, you know, because you do it just before you go. So it's the bags all kind of moist and stuff. What but, are you uh, talking about? I'm just saying you go there and it's like 16 bucks for a bucket. Like, it's not like a horse where you just like put the head into it and they just chop away on it. Yeah. They've got two They've got two sizes. They've got the bag. No, they've got no, a conventional bag. No, I got not a crazy idea, Lee. Atlantic Station. They Bring don't. your it's own just... smaller container. Buy the popcorn. Yeah. Pour some in, give it to your son or yourself. Yeah. Well, the other Roxy. thing is, the other thing is I've heard as well that that popcorn, they don't empty it at the end of the day. So oh, you Jesus. could be getting, uh, you know, some. Well, that's just straight up facts. But you told, like I, that. Yeah, you I like stale you popcorn. I, I do like stale popcorn. Yeah. Uh, don't shame me with that. Um, but you're right. I worked at a jumbo video where they had yeah. popcorn that you could eat while you walked around and even decided on the movie. Yeah. End of the night, we weren't throwing out the popcorn. Yeah. We threw it into a big Tupperware. Next morning, fire up the machine, make a new batch, and then throw the old stuff in and mix it around. None the wiser. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hey, listen, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, there's a work around this for the theater, this, uh, movie theaters. Just give us the sizes again. Give us small. When I say small, I don't want small to be you what any three, three kernels, sir. Is that what no, you want? No, like? I, I don't want. I don't want small to be what any normal person would say. That's not small. That's extra large by by its size because they have small, <laughs> medium, and then large like that. Just like no, just a cupful. That's all you need. Just remember at the at Turner, we used to get the popcorn, put it in one of those red cups. That was enough. You don't need more than that. 
you know? But, but how much would you like uh, to be charged for that is the problem. Dollar. A dollar. So, yeah, see, yeah. yeah uh, why don't you get in line and you buy, buy the size and you say to the people behind you, yes. hey, you want to split this? Because there's there's way too much popcorn in yeah, here. But no I'll give you a half. Be a popcorn middleman. That's a good some, idea. <laughs> uh, uh, that, uh, yeah. Uh, some people though just like the the like. Right. I'm at the theater. At the movie cinema. I get my big jug of water uh, or coke. <laughs> yeah. And a big bucket of popcorn, and this is what it is. And and it's like you don't need all that, because obviously the bigger the popcorn, the bigger the drink needs to be. And, and, <laughs> The bigger the popcorn, the bigger the drink, the bigger the piss. You're missing more movie. <laughs> exactly. And that's the thing. It takes 45 minutes for the movie to turn up. We complain about NBA games not starting on time. You go to a 1.30 movie session. Movie? Right. If that thing's on before 2.15, I'll go crazy. Because I went and took my son to one of the Star Wars ones. And we were like 40 minutes there. And was like, he was like, all right, I'm done. I didn't even really enjoy this movie. I said, I know, because it's all commercial. It's all ads so far. And there's <laughs> the best part. You order the biggest popcorn you can and try to finish it before the movie yeah. even starts. That's what it's like to me. You just sit down. It's like, you look down. Suddenly, three quarters of your popcorn yeah. is gone. And you're getting a preview for Fast 9. Come on. <laughs> and a, a quarter of that's probably in your beard there too, Trey. I can imagine. In the, oh, yeah. Uh... I like to save some for the climax of the movie. Just pop out. Uh, little beard kernel here and there. Well, I'm just saying, I, I, it's like it's like when you go to a like like the basketball game and it's like ten bucks for a beer. I think if you make it five bucks, you're more likely to buy four beers than if it's ten bucks to buy two. I just think it's like they've 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 gone from the old like we've got to gouge the customer for absolutely maximum every time, rather than like. Make it a bit cheaper so people are more like, are inclined to buy more. That's my that's my thought behind it. Yeah. I, I gotta disagree with you on the on the sizes though. There are two sizes. I'm sorry I'm sorry to disagree with you. Here this says free small popcorn. This is from Regal See, at the Atlantic Station. And then like, there's a bucket. Then there's a bucket. This is yeah. a large yeah. Yeah. bucket. Well, okay, that that, that that to me, uh, and again, I can't tell you the last time. I, it might have been when we saw The Martian. Uh, me, Skeetsy, and, uh, and Matty, I went and saw it. <laughs> the last movie you saw in a movie theater was The Martian? It might have been. It might, no, you know what it was? I know what it was. It was uh, the one with Gaga and uh, Bradley Cooper. What was that one called? The Star uh, is Born. Yeah, that was the last one I saw. Um, Chop it on your homemade popcorn. Yeah. I, I, listen, I'm going to go Gaga back to Atlantic Station and just, and just verify that they do have two sizes um, and make sure they are actually different it's not just like one's a bucket and it's the same actual you know volume in there of uh popcorn so yeah anyway yeah best thing i ever snuck into a movie was a star wars as well and i uh filled my pocket up with wings from buffalo wild (laughs) before i went in for like an 11 30 showing man pocket wings good stuff well yeah when i asked this question we're now 10 minutes into this uh (laughs) old man yells at clouds i mean movie theaters uh i was thinking yeah, of course people smuggle food into the movie theater, but it's usually other food, not popcorn. <laughs> but no, yeah. not with Lee Ellis, because he's got a problem with the size of it that they sell there. Uh, wow. Wow. All right. Let's, uh, let's take one more break. Hey, here's a couple things you could smuggle into a movie theater. Uh, Magic Spoon and Jim Beam. <laughs> commercial break. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. 
Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic. Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Yes, the No Dunks happy hour watch party tonight, uh, firing up the live stream here on YouTube around halftime of Game 3 between the Nets and the Bucks. Can't wait for Lee's Jim Beam cocktail. But let's wrap this bad boy up. Tweet of the night! Mmm, tweet of the night. Wow. Tweet up. Beefy segment, Skeetsington. Our first tweet of the night, not even from the night, not even a tweet. Just a pat on the back to the stream team and to boys <laughs> wow. no dunks. 40,000 subscribers, Woo! that big 40K. Lock it in, couldn't have done it without you. Stream team, I gotta say, we're already on our way to 40.1. <laughs> big good, time, man. big time. Second part of tweet of the night. Just honoring one of the great NBA tweets out there, the two-year anniversary of Kill a Cow's tweet. There's always someone on Twitter arguing with no one, saying stuff like, but I was told Steph Curry wasn't a good shooter. (laughs) This tweet makes me laugh every single time that I see it. Gonna remember it forever. And yeah, that is what it's like on Twitter sometimes. Just arguing about things that nobody disagrees about. But you got to do it sometimes on the internet. Our official, though, Tweet of the Night Part 3 comes to us from Matt Peterson. Simply tweeting, Phoenix Mood, talking about the Suns fans going wild last night. In particular, this kid who (laughs) takes off his hat and takes off his shirt during the Suns' big game to win. My question for you guys... Why is it so much fun to take off your shirt? (laughs) Like, why is it awesome to do that? Because it is. Everybody likes it. I swear to God, that's a scene from the Goonies. Yeah, <laughs> junk. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> uh, I don't know, but this kid is fired up. That's everybody in Phoenix right now. Yeah, he reminds me a bit of the New Jersey Nets uh, Darren Williams kid. You know that one who's in oh, the background, yeah. like oh, like yeah. that. He doesn't take his shirt off. But, yeah. uh, also, similar sort of celebration style. He also reminds me of all those young photos of Nikola Jokic going around with him with his yeah. shirt off as a little chunky boy. Yeah, people are sharing that other clip of a young kid talking about the chicken sandwiches. Remember, he's like outside at some like fair and he's like, yeah, I don't know why I'm here for the chicken right. sandwiches. I, I like chicken. And people are saying that was Jokic. Anyway, this goes full circle here on this show. Uh, we're having enough fun. Let's save some of the fun for tonight, okay, for the happy hour. Join us halftime. Game three, Nets Bucks. Just make sure you subscribe to No Dunks on YouTube so you get that little notification when we're going live. Two games on tonight. 
It is Brooklyn in Milwaukee, game three. Uh, starts at 7.30. Starts at 7.30. It's on ESPN. I think you can lock in almost like a 15 to 18 minute, uh, you know, uh, pregame show until you get to your bullseye tip. Usually that's the case, I think, with ESPN. And then we have the Clippers Jazz, that one uh, starting soon after that game. They got it in 10 in your schedule. Jazz up 1-0 in this series. Can't wait. We'll be uh, watching them together, so to speak, there during the uh, Watch Party Happy Hour. Having some larfs. Call it there. Thanks so much to the stream team, especially for the thumbs up and thumbs down in the up-down report. Keep your emails coming. No dunks at theathletic.com. Tweet them in at No Dunks Inc. Subscribe to No Dunks on YouTube. 40K, that's nice. Happening during the show. Love to see it. And uh, finally, if you don't have an athletic subscription, go to theathletic.com slash no dunk so they know that we sent you. It is well worth your time and money. Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And remember, more than 40,000 people should really be subscribed to the No Dunks channel on YouTube. Embrace the day, people. You could stay Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic.